Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Ah, Boris Johnson. Look like you put your finger in a light socket there. A little dab of do you, a little brick of cream, right? You've been sacked by your own Tories, your conservative party. But then again... Look at Benny Hill. He looks as freaky deaky as you do, although he's supposed to be as Benny Hill. And while you were getting sacked, Boris Johnson, with your hair in the air like you just don't care, for the floor of Parliament, who was playing Benny Hill outside, but you, Grant. Slowly I turned step by step. When is the last time we heard about you, Grant? Remember, he was in the back of that cab in Los Angeles getting orally fixated by a black prostitute. Remember? <laughs> the Brits are freaks. Look at their prime minister. He's a freak. He's gone. Yeah, Benny Hill, he should be the next prime minister, right? And you know what? This is all over because Boris Johnson was a party animal. He was Spuds McKenzie, typical politician all over the world. Do as I say, but not as I do. It's in the midst of the lockdown, March of 2020. And he tells all the Brits in the UK, you cannot party. You must socially distance. You must wear a mask. And when we get the vaccine, you must be vaccinated. <laughs> and even though Boris Johnson ended up on a ventilator and barely survived from coronavirus, every night he had a party at 10 Livingston Street. That's the residence for the prime minister in downtown London. So every night, pop the bubbly, the wine, the champagne, the beer, all at the taxpayer's expense. And who was in the middle of all of this? No, 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 no. It wasn't just the periphery of Boris Johnson's staff and administration. It was Boris Johnson himself. He was pouring the bubbly, pouring the wine, pouring the beer, and then they would head for a pub. So naturally, the people in the Brit, the great uh, land of the UK, as they call it, we're talking about England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland, not Ireland, Northern Ireland, got very upset at their prime minister. So first it was Labour that went on the attack. Then it was the Tories and conservatives who ate their own babies, Boris Johnson. And even Zelensky in the Ukraine who said, hey, Boris is the best thing that ever happened for us. He's been our number one ally. Could not say Boris Johnson. There is a morale, moral here in the story. Party animal Boris Johnson is now on the shelf. Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan in New York City who loves to raise the roof. Loves to party hardy until the break of dawn. Look what happened to Boris Johnson. Eric Adams, if you don't watch your P's and Q's and you keep raising the roof to the break of dawn, you too could be out on your tuckers, just like Boris. Do something with your hair, Johnson. Oh, Ringo Starr. Oh, what a bubblegum pop drummer. 
I'd rather have a little monkey playing the drums than Ringo Starr. But he happens to be 82 years old. I don't know how old that ring is through his ears. Should have one to his nose. But he's 82. But, you know, I want to recruit myself. Because as everybody out there knows, I hate the Beatles. I have Paul McCarthy, number one, second to none, Mr. Bubblegum Rock. He was just 80. Then you got Ringo Starr's 82. George Harrison, Medze, Medze, Poco, Poco. But I did like John Lennon. I, I really got to let you know. Yoko Ono, <laughs> later for that. John Lennon I like. And who knows who's responsible for the breakup of the Beatles. But I don't care. It was good that they broke up. But Ringo, I mean, he was nebbishy. He was schlubby. He was like oatmeal. He was like a nothing, a nothing burger. Peter Best was their original drummer. And then all of a sudden, new drummer comes in, Ringo Starr. I don't know how that happened. At the time, actually, believe it or not, the Monkees were more popular than the Beatles when they first came out. The Monkees was a put-together, make-believe band done by a production studio out in Los Angeles. And they had Mickey Dolenz, who was their drummer. They were more popular than the Beatles and, yes, even the Rolling Stones. And then a year later, boom, roles were in reverse. Mickey Dolenz is the only surviving member of the Monkees. And by the way, he played the what? The drums. Now, of course, there's Tommy Lee, right? Oh, Tommy Lee, how can we forget, right? The triple X rated sex tape with you know who, right? Miss Baywatch. And then he went on to fame with Motley Crue. But the best drummer of all for me was one arm. Def Leppard, right? Just one arm. And he could play drums better than Ringo Starr on his best day. But then again, the greatest drummer of all time, Buddy Rich. Oh, Buddy Rich. Remember they made that movie, Man with a Golden Arm, starring Frank Sinatra, the drummer who was shooting up heroin in between gigs? Yeah, basically, it was fashion after Buddy Rich. But Ringo Starr, I don't know how he does it. He goes on tour. He plays the bubblegum rock. People loved him. There used to be the cartoon about him, Ringo Starr. But if you ask me, it's a double oofah. Now, can you remember... When all of a sudden the Beatles did a pilgrimage to visit Ravi Shankar and the guru Maharashi Yogi up there in an ashram in India. And they pledged themselves to give up drugs, psychotropics, shrooms. They wouldn't be smoking pot or doing hash any longer. Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr stayed loyal to the Maharishi Yogi, that perv. Meantime, John Lennon, right? And George Harrison said, we're packing our bags. We're getting the hell out of here. I think Ringo Starr just appreciated any attention from anybody at that time. But remember those great songs, right? In the Yellow Submarine, the Yellow Submarine, the Yellow Submarine. I can imagine Ringo Starr's El Capitan. That submarine would have went right down to Davy Jones's locker. So, you know, your 82 Ringo Starr with that ring should be through your nose, not just your ear. I never liked you before. I don't like you now. You're just lucky to be alive. And you're keeping the Beatles legacy ongoing, which I hate, I lose, and I despise. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Uh, the death of James Kahn at 82. A Jewish guy born in the Bronx never wanted to be Jewish, always wanted to be an Italian. Just like our own Sid Rosenberg, right? Born Jewish, right? Had the bar mitzvah, <laughs> just like James Kahn. But they wanted to be full-bred Italian. And then all of a sudden, right? Hey, James, right? You want to be Italian? Want to be mobster? Used to hang out with Mush Russo. Who's Mush Russo? Hey, Mush Russo, one of the leaders of the Colombo crime family. And I made the linkage of James Kahn with Mush Russo, the Colombo crime family, when I was working at AM 970, The Answer, and James Kahn said, I'm going to sue you. I'm not a mobster choking on my lobsters. And I said, yes, you are. And then all of a sudden, they came up with a letter. I had a reading on there as an apology. Once I read it, it was worse than what I originally said. But I got to tell you, I love James Kahn in Misery with Kathy Bates. That was one of the greatest movies of all time. Look, Kathy Bates stole the show. But I got to admit, James Kahn did a really good job in Misery. But let me tell you something. The guy who was the hot-headed guy, Sonny Corleone in The Godfather, he was always like that in real life. Thought he was a real tough guy. Thought he was a wannabe gangster. Thought he was a real-life Columbo. But when push came to shove, when the bullets were flying, James Kahn, pretty boy, the Jewish guy, not the Italian guy, was out of sight, out of mind. Until the day he died, James Kahn thought of himself as a real tough guy. So now Sonny Corleone is gone. Marlon Brando, the godfather, is gone. Boy, Al Pacino, if he gets one more facelift, his face is going to snap like an old rubber band. And obviously De Niro is still alive and kicking and doing movies like every other month. I think he's paying off the mob vig. I think uh, we call that the uh, uh, movie scholarship. And yet the legacy of The Godfather continues. But most synonymous is obviously James Kahn. That, he was considered a whack job of the Corleone family. So, hey, James, wherever they're going to put you, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, whether you're in a Jewish cemetery or you're out there in uh, that place where all the Trendoids, Freakasoids, and Jet Setters get uh, buried, you got your, your star of fame there in Hollyweird. But I remember you, James Kahn. You tried to sue me for every nickel, diamond, penny I had, and you knew I didn't have two nickels to rub together. All I had was belly button lint. So whereas my mother taught me, never say anything bad about the dead. <laughs> I never listened to my mother, Francesca. Hey, I loathe you. I despise you. You tried to bury me. You tried to bankrupt me as a fugazi gangster, a wannabe on the periphery of Mush Russo's Colombo crime family. And you can never remove that from your legacy, James Kahn. Hey, is this about Popeye's fried chicken? My favorite, especially. I love, I love the, uh, the red rice and beans. I love it. I love it. No, it's not about Popeye's. But there are a lot of Popeye's in this area, Bushwick and Williamsburg, where the J train runs. Look at it. J train, right? Look at it over there. Hey, there they are. What are they doing? They're screaming, don't jump, don't jump. A guy named Kendall had been... Involved in a traffic stop at 4 o'clock in the afternoon in the Berg. 90th Precinct responds. All of a sudden, they start chasing him. And you know, they're too busy eating donuts all day. They can't catch the guy. The guy shimmies up a pole, and he's standing there 
on the J train, and all of a sudden, like Spider-Man, he goes, yeah, and flies in the air like he just don't care, except he doesn't have the spider webbing. And he lands on the roof, and the cops are huffing and puffing, uh, 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 and running out of breath, and he busted his leg, but he's still on the lamb. And the most interesting thing about this is that when he was up there, like he was ready to do a half gainer, you know, in the Olympic Games, you know, in the diving competition. People were yelling, jump, jump. Typical New Yorkers, jump, jump. Here, I'll catch you, jump. And then they would have done it. They would have pulled it away from him. But this shows you the state in the NYPD. Used to be years ago, the cops stopped you. You knew. Don't even bother running. Cop would have told you, I know who your mother is. I know where you live. I'll come for you later on, and then I'm going to give you a wooden shampoo. Now these cops, nobody's afraid of them. So for a simple traffic violation, the guy does the bird, shimmies up a pole, and then takes a life-threatening leap. Nine out of ten times, you're not going to make it. When I was a kid, I would jump from rooftop to rooftop in Brownsville, Never ran, never will, in order to avoid 5-0, right near the Betsy Head pool. And that was dangerous. But it was not as dangerous as what this guy did. I mean, I would give him a medal because he did what R. Kelly sang about. I believe I can fly. I believe I can fly. So there's R. Kelly locked up in the Sunset Federal House of Detention, awaiting where he's going to be sent for 30 years for being a pedophile on a pedestal. And meantime, this guy, Kendall, is keeping the spirit of R. Kelly alive. I believe I can fly. I believe I can fly. Man, this just shows you how weak, how impotent, how feckless the NYPD is that a 25-year-old young man can get into a, a speed race with them, shimmy up a pole. Not any of the cops could even shimmy down the pole, never mind up the pole, and almost escape, Spider-Man style. That's Fear City, USA. It gets worse and worse each and every day. Give this guy an Emmy Award. I mean, let's face it. There were the Wallenders, right? They would walk the trapeze. They would take inordinate risks. This was the riskiest move yet in the big NYC.